This is the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church of Ames, a podcast designed to help you live a gospel-fueled and faithful life wherever Jesus has called you. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whenever you're listening to this podcast. Welcome to the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church. My name is Mark Vance, and I'm joined today by myself. And I want to talk briefly today about a principle in the scripture called Sabbath rest. Now, I'm not going to attempt to unpack all the theological implications today of Sabbath. What I really want to talk about is a rhythm of living that God has built into the world he has designed. A rhythm where we work hard and we rest, recuperate, and enjoy. And what I'm seeing right now is I've, I'm even personally, I'm driven as a person. I want to be productive. I want to be efficient. I'm thinking about how do I maximize my time and how do I plan out my days and how do I get things done? Here's what I am convinced of is actually the key to hard work is godly rest. You can't work at your fullest capacity if you haven't recharged the spiritual batteries and physical batteries that God's given you because we aren't endless workers. We aren't God. And so Sabbath, rest, the idea that weekly we set aside a day to enjoy the good gifts of God actually is a principle that I'm convinced helps all of us actually have the ability to be efficient and effective in the life God's called us to. In other, to work hard, you have to rest right. So today what I want to talk about is what is Sabbath as a principle? What's the idea behind it? And then I want to give some very practical five steps, kind of five keys to cultivating a Sabbath habit. And then I want to just talk practically about what that might look like for me as a person and why I have to work at this. So let's start first, the principle of what Sabbath is all about. You go back to Genesis chapter two, verses one through three, and you can read about it. The essence of it is this, God has created all of the world. And on the seventh day, it says he rested from all the work that he had done. The heavens and the earth are completed. They're beautiful. God says, everything is so good. And then he steps back and it's kind of like he has worked on the deck of his house all day. And now he sits down, grabs a cold drink on the deck that he's completed and says, this is so good. And he doesn't do it because he's tired. He does it because we will get tired. He has created a limited humanity. And so God is blessing the seventh day. He is making it holy and he is giving it to us as a gift to enjoy. And that's the picture I want in your head. Instead of thinking of Sabbath, I grew up in my experience with the word Sabbath. I didn't grow up in a church where they talk anything about Sabbath principles. The only experience I had growing up with Sabbath was one time we were driving through Pella on a Sunday and everything in that crazy town was shut down. Like we needed gas and my dad's like, can't get gas on the Sabbath. And I remember thinking, you can't get gas on this. How are we going to get home? Are we going to, are we going to push this car uphill? What's going on? And thankfully there's a town beyond it where we could get gas. But that was my experience that people who practice Sabbath were basically weird people who shut everything down. In the modern day, probably the clearest illustration we have of this principle out in our world is Chick-fil-A, right? What are they thinking? I've driven by there many times and thought I need to turn in and get some chick. No, I don't. It's shut down on Sundays. And so the print, what I observed as a kid about Sabbath was just Sabbath's about shutting down on Sunday. 
you just do nothing and it's a rigid rule and it's it's basically a limiter like it's pulling back your freedom what i want to say from the biblical perspective is this sabbath is actually the key to enhancing your freedom it's it's not an obligation that god gives it's an invitation that god gives there's a big difference an obligation the rigid rule drives you but the invitation it's the joy on the other side that drives you and so what i want to do even today i want this in your mind that i want to invite you to have one day a week that is the best day it's just awesome it's so good that the other six days of the week you just are thinking oh i can't wait to enjoy this day of rest with my friends and family this is the best day not boy i gotta shut everything down so i don't get in trouble but instead i want to invite you into the best day of your week is the seventh day the sabbath day a day of rest so to do that here's what i'm going to tell you we never stumble into holiness. We never accidentally arrive at good habits. And so if you're going to get there, you're going to have to cultivate a Sabbath habit. So let's just talk really practically. And on this one, I've been really helped by several books and resources here. I'm going to name three of them that have helped me to think this through. One recently that I've looked at is John Mark Comer's book, The Relentless Elimination of Hurry. That's been an excellent kind of modern treatment of some ancient practices Ruth Haley Barton, she has a book called Sacred Rhythms. I thought her chapter on solitude, silence, and Sabbath was really powerful. And um, the final one that I've probably found, if I gave you one book to read, it would be this one on this subject, is a book called The Common Rule. The Common Rule, we'll link to all these books in the show notes, just help me to set up a rhythm, a common rhythm to living. So out of those books, I've kind of put together five principles that I'm trying to apply in my life for cultivating a day of rest that works. I've drawn from John Mark Homer's book, particularly kind of his outline, but these five principles are the way I think it through. The first principle for having a Sabbath habit is you have to plan ahead of time, okay? You actually have to plan this because rest doesn't happen on accident if you're a driven person or you're a person whose calendar ding, dings at you out of your phone, right? You have to plan this. So here's what you need to plan. You need to put into your calendar a 24 hour, and you're like, okay, I thought we were talking about an evening off. 24 hours, I'm like, yes, a day of rest. 24 hours is a day, people. My recommendation is follow the Jewish pattern here. The pattern of creation is there was evening, and then there was morning. So actually, the Jewish conception of a day doesn't begin with the morning. It begins with the evening. It starts at sundown. So they would practice Sabbath. It started at dinner on, at one day and went to dinner the next day. So if you're a pastor like me, uh, Sunday is not a great day for that. And so what I do is actually do Friday evening to Saturday evening is a day of rest. Starts with Friday dinner goes to Saturday dinner. For many Christians, actually, Sunday is a great day for this. You begin with Saturday dinner, and that's kind of the start of that day of rest. And then Sunday morning, you worship God and then go through that. So a 24-hour time period. I'm going to pause before I go to the next principle and say this. Young parents, I hear you. You're going, Mark, my two-year-old is bad at Sabbath. And my answer is, that's because you're a bad parent. That's not true. That's a complete joke. There's no two-year-old who will slow down for 24 hours. I'm not, I understand, guys. There are seasons of life that make that 24-hour time frame 
just really hard. Can I exhort you? Just because you can't do everything doesn't mean you shouldn't do something. Start with a little bit. Work together as a couple. Can you get two hours of quiet? Can you help one another with the chores? Can you craft something you delightfully do with your two-year-old that energizes you and is delightful to them? Surely you can do that. Work together, couples, on this. So plan this out and plan it out with your spouse. Involve them in the process of saying, how do we create a day that we love every week, that we just love? Plan is the first principle. Second principle, stop. Stop. You need to cease all work. All work. Not only vocational work, what you're paid to do, but the avocational work, the stuff that is not your paid work. Sabbath is not the honeydew list day. It is not the time to catch up on chores. It's the time to not do chores. You don't do the laundry on the Sabbath. You don't do the dishes on the Sabbath. You don't read your email on the Sabbath. You don't work. And you're like, well, Mark, what about the stuff I want to do because I'm behind on it? That's work. That's you don't do work. That's the whole principle. Cease working. Cease consuming. You know, don't rush around going to the store all day long and just getting busy, busy spending money. Stop. Stop worrying. Man, if social media makes you worry about the whole world, don't get on Twitter on the Sabbath. Don't do your taxes on the Sabbath. Somebody told me that, like, I'm really stressed out because I had to do my taxes on my day of rest. I'm like, then it's not a day of rest. That was the least restful thing you could possibly do. Stop, stop. And even stop cooking. You're like, holy moly, I'm starved on the Sabbath? No, you, this is why God created takeout. This is why he created takeout. It's why he created crock pots and smokers. I love to smoke meat on the Sabbath because it's something I enjoy. You stop doing work and you start doing things you enjoy. Okay, so plan, stop is the second principle. Third principle, rest. Rest, people. By rest, what I mean is rest your soul, your body, and your mind. Recuperate, recharge your batteries. So with, I am absolutely talking about sleeping. You should sleep in on the Sabbath. You should. You should take a nap in the middle of the day. Naps are a gift from God. He gives his beloved sleep. Become a power napper. A powerful napper on the Sabbath is a godly person. Rest your mind. Shut off anxiety. So for me, that means the Sabbath day needs to be low-tech or no-tech. Low-tech, what I mean is I like watching a good football game or a good soccer match or in the time of the coronavirus, a good marbles race or whatever sort of miscellaneous thing we're calling sports right now. But what I have found is uh, social media is a no-no for me. Diving into news feeds and just scrolling through, that is actually not restful. That amps up my anxiety and my awareness. It doesn't slow me down. So rest. Plan, stop, rest. Fourth, delight. Delight. You need to enjoy God's good gifts. The Sabbath is a day where you cease working on creation in order to enjoy creation. Sabbath is like if you're a gardener all week long, these six days you've worked on projects on the house and you've worked at work, you've done it, and you've planted seeds and it's grown up through the week. In the Sabbath, you have harvested the food and you're eating the fruit of your labor. That's the picture of delight. 
which means Sabbath is not a day about doing nothing. It's a day about enjoying everything. Jewish rabbis used to say it this way. They used to say, on the Sabbath day, if you work with your mind, Sabbath with your hands. And on the Sabbath day, if you work throughout the week with your hands, Sabbath with your mind. So if you are like me, you're an intellect mind worker, go and golf, go on a run, go to the lake and sit on the beach, do something that is enjoyable and not mentally taxing. If you work with your hands, you may want to read a good book on the Sabbath. That might be restorative to you. Go on a date night with your spouse. I mean, in the Jewish tradition, married couples, the Sabbath day was a day for sex. Like not all day, but like it was a day when you had sex. That's why, because you were delighting in a good gift that God gave. So what I don't want you to think about is your mental image of Sabbath is lazy people laying down on a couch and not moving all day. Zoned out for nine hours straight on Netflix. That will not recharge your soul. Try it for a day and then get to the next day and say, oh, I feel just full of life and joy in Jesus. I've never had a person who goes on a Netflix binge who's like that. I feel great. You end up feeling like you're covered in face oil because you ate chips all day while you watched binge shows on Netflix. That's not restorative. That's silly. So what I don't mean is don't do anything. What I do mean is do the things that restore you and fill you with joy. At the end of the day, here's the thing you should have in your head after a great Sabbath day. That was so much fun. God is so good to me. That's what you want in your head. So four principles so far, plan, stop, rest, delight. And here's the fifth principle. And it is the one that is underneath all of these. Worship. Sabbath isn't a day just for you. It's a day for God, which means every step of Sabbath, when you plan it, you're saying, God, I'm doing this intentionally because I, I want to honor you with this day. When I stop working, I see that God word. God, you are the true worker who provides everything and you give me rest. When I am sleeping, I say, God, you give your beloved sleep. You've been so, when I'm enjoying God's good gifts, I'm not just eating the best food of the week. I'm worshiping Jesus as I pound the ribs. I'm, I am honoring him every moment of that. So worship, read the Bible intentionally on the Sabbath. I love to take even the F260 plan and just kind of go back slowly through the whole week and think, what did I see this week? What did God teach me? Start and end the day with a simple prayer. Like even as you sit down to that Saturday, Saturday meal or that Sunday night meal, whatever it would be on Sabbath, say, God, we're going to give this whole next day to you as an act of worship because you're so good to us. Dedicate it to God. The point is this, in every joy of your best day of the week, every bite you take of the best food, every laugh you have with friends, every golf stroke you hit that's awesome, you say, God, you've been so good to me. Thanks for this gift. You're just worshiping him. And that's even where corporate worship, as Christians, traditionally, the Sabbath day was connected to going to worship God on Sunday. That's, it's, it's a restorative act where we are setting, again, our souls back to God and remembering who we are in Christ. Okay, so five principles. I'm going to review them again briefly. To create a Sabbath habit to restore you, to fill you with the energy you need to work as God has called you. You need to plan. You need to stop. You need to rest. 
You need to delight and you need to worship. What a great invitation that is, right? I want to invite you to take those five principles and plan out the best day of your week. Plan out the day that is going to recharge the batteries that God's given you so that you're ready to go with energy and joy to the vocational calling God has given you throughout the rest of your days. It's so good. So I said I'll kind of review a little bit of what this looks like in my life. And here's what I want to tell you at the outset. I am better at teaching about Sabbath than I am living it. At the outset, personal confession time. I love to work. I don't get exhausted by my job. I love my job. It is a delight. I do something every day that I love. And I could do it all the time. I love working. And at the same point, I feel a little guilty resting. Often I think maybe this whole rest business, I'm just being selfish. You know, maybe this is something I need to, you know, I have this nagging sense that God likes me more when I'm productive. I have that inside of me. And so I have to fight that back and say, actually, God loves me so much. He gave me this day of rest. He wants me to delight in him. So personally, I have to work at this. I'm like a, I'm a C minus Sabbather if you're grading it out. I'm a C minus rester. But here's what I've learned in life. Oftentimes, the best coaches are not the best players. Because the best players, everything can come naturally to them and they can't even explain to you why they do what they do. They're just awesome at it. So you want the C minus guy to say, here's how you do that because he had to work hard to do it. So I have to work at this. It's a, it has to be intentional. I'll tell you where I go wrong the most of the time. In my planning, I plan it in my head, but not with my wife. That backfires people. And it backfires because then you come into the day with an expectation totally different from your spouse. So I've learned Crystal and Mark need to plan the Sabbath, that day of rest together. If we don't do it together, it's really hard to enter into it together. And it becomes a day of subtle disappointment that we're not doing the thing that we thought we would be doing because we didn't talk about it. So you got to plan that with your spouse. Then for me, because I'm a pastor and Sundays really is a height of my work week, for me, it's normally Friday evening to Saturday evening. Starts with uh, cooking pizza with my kids, you know, or ordering in pizza, because I also on the Sabbath like to not have to have a rigorous diet. That means I'm done eating just lean protein and I'm ready to pound me some carbs. So I'm going to have pizza and ice cream. And I think that honors Jesus and I love it. And so I eat that with my kids. A lot of times we watch a movie or we do something fun that they would enjoy on Friday night. I want to delight in my children at that first day. Then on Saturday, I try to sleep in and either we have donuts or pancakes. Again, carbohydrates equals a good Sabbath for me. And so in the morning, I'm doing that. And I just try to spend some more time on that Saturday morning reading as my kids are playing in the house, you know, try to do something fun, talk with Crystal, go on a walk with the dog. In the afternoon, I might golf or I might jog. We generally will try to do something. We're moving a little bit more as a family. And then on Saturday evening, either we're going to have, and a lot of times I like to smoke meat. This is just delightful to me. Just smelling a rack of ribs smoking reminds me that God loves me. And so I, I'm thinking about that. Again, Sabbath's not about missing doing anything. It's about not doing, I, like even, I just love on a Sabbath day, <clears throat> walking by the laundry and saying, 
I'm not doing that this day. Six other days of the week, the Lord gave us to work, but not today, laundry, not today. I'm just, I'm delighting in everything. So anything that I think I should go get that done, if it doesn't just spark joy in me, I'm not going to be doing that that day because that day is a day for joyful delight in God. I'm trying to acknowledge him in everything. And a lot of times within that day of rest, Saturday evening, the last step to it is my wife and I will go out on a date night or we'll go out on a walk, just something special with Crystal. Guys, don't do that perfectly. But here's what I'm finding. I think the key to me working fruitfully is me resting fruitfully. It's one of the keys to worship and joy. It's one of the keys to not getting burnt out in life. It's one of the keys to controlling anxiety in your heart and in your mind is that you take a day and you say, God, this is not just a day dedicated to you. This is a gift that you've given to me. Sabbath isn't just an obligation. It's your invitation for me to draw near to you. Jesus is a good savior. He's the one that says to you, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, come to me and I'm going to give you rest for your souls. So my hope is just a few of these principles will be something that you could look at your schedule in the next days and the next month and begin to plan out how you could cultivate a restful heart through a Sabbath habit. 